0: Welcome to the match report, hosted of course by Free and And on the top, can you see it? There are actually three members of Free Yay.
1: finally
0: here. Darren, I'm gonna I'm I'm le- I'm gonna get you coach. Don't worry about. It. But Darren yeah. finally joins us. How you doing, sir? I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, I finally got the house to yourself. You no no headphones, no headset, just speaking out loud.
1: This <laughs> it says it's difficult to record a podcast when your two-year-old is in bed at the same time we we film. <laughs> so, yeah, but I'm happy to be on.
0: Thank you. Uh, cute Kojo, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. I'm
2: good. It's been a, it's been a last weekend, you know. Um, me and you went to uh, talk sport, which was beautiful. So, yeah, we we're on a high since then. Can't go on a low. So, yeah, man, I'm feeling wonderful. Feeling
0: wonderful. Feeling wonderful. We are joined, of course. You're pretty much an honorary member at this
3: point, Steve. How are you doing, sir? It's getting that way, isn't it? You have to have a little... Uh... Icon for me, you know, I'll be joining this main field team, not um, first of all, boys, well done for the talk sport thing. Um, credit, you get some credibility and some um recognition, and it's been too long coming. So um, on a personal level, I really enjoy coming on your show because of the way you guys are. So long may it continue. And I hope you go back and you know do what you do because it's great and keep going. And anyone who does watch this retrospectively or now and hasn't subscribed, make sure you do it is criminal that these guys don't have more subscriptions because it's arguably one of the best shows that, that, that I get invited on to. That's why I keep saying yes. So thanks again for having me. Really, really pr- appreciate the offer. Thank you. Thank you for the kind words, Steve. Daniel, can you top that, sir? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's how you get asked back. If you do that, then ask you back, mate. <laughs> no, 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 it's
4: just, no, guys, honestly, I've been. it's been a while since I've been on, but uh, obviously I always enjoy being on. You guys are all Obviously, seriously talented. You'll, you'll always hear me saying that. So that's why it's an honour to always um, be back and talk to you guys. So, yeah, I, I know you guys only call me when
1: Villa are doing well, but, uh, you know... <laughs> that's good, though, right? I I mean, you, you, would you rather they called you when you weren't? No, nah, nah, I'm not messing. <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's an action-packed week. I mean, the most important was, it would have been a North London derby. We've got that postponed, so we're not, might not that. we might not mention that. I'll just mention it at the top. I think we would have won anyway, so it is what it is. Uh, but the Premier League uh, games went on Saturday, the big game of the weekend. The title, title it's not a title, a contender match anymore, man. It's pretty much City have won the league by now. But Manchester City won Chelsea nil goal and a very special goal from Kevin De Bruyne. Kojo, hmm. was it an expected victory? Was it... Or was it? Why was it so easy for, for Manchester City? It seemed that way. Um, it's it, it, They've got this aura
2: about them where it seems ominous now where they're going to games and you just like, you know, they're going to just come away with a victory at some point. Um, what Chelsea... I thought what Chelsea did wrong. I understand going to City, you don't really want to be um, too open. You want to go there with a structure. You want to be a bit compact. You want to you know, counter at the right moments, but it seemed like they just looked very disjointed going forward. Pulisic was a non-factor in the game. Lukaku went missing another big game. Uh, Mason Mount not being uh, selected as a starter confused me quite a bit as well. I thought he would have made uh, quite an impact in this game. Um, But yeah, whereas with City, City weren't absolutely fantastic, but they didn't need to be. They just needed a moment of magic, and they found it for Kevin De Bruyne. So um, it wasn't the most dominant victory. You can win a 1-0 game and dominate through um, statistics of possession and so on. They were the better side. But, you know, I think Chelsea made life a bit easy for them. Um, But that's not to take away from Kevin De Bruyne's moment of magic because he decided to take the game by the of his neck and apply the beautiful finish. Um, I'm trying not to be too harsh on Kepa for his little um, step to the right before he jumped to the left. But it's those kind of things that stop you from making a save, you know, because if he didn't make that step to the right, he probably would have got a hand onto um, KDB. Whether he would have saved
0: it from going to the back of the net is another question for another day. But, yeah, they deserve the win, man. Uh, Daniel, we'll come to you. Why, why do you think Chelsea went there so defensively? I understand that Manchester City are this, <coughs> this all-dominant team, but they've not been in the, the highest scoring form in recent weeks, especially considering the Arsenal uh, defeat or the Arsenal victory, despite it being 2-1. They didn't exactly play their best then. So why do you think Tuchel? Uh, knowing that he needed to grab some points here, went to uh, and played quite defensively. I don't know it's a
4: weird one, isn't it, with Chelsea? Because it's it's almost like they've kind of already conceded. it almost feels that they're not gonna, you know, go on and win the title now. Um and you know I can completely understand that. It's almost like it's been there's been quite a lot of distractions in the last few weeks. They're not quite in their groove. Um yeah i think I think with with city it's always a really difficult thing, isn't it? You don't quite know how you really wanna set up against them. You don't quite know how pep's gonna gonna arrive and 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 do his thing but um you know certainly I would have liked to have seen them kind of throw a little bit more caution to the wind but really for me the the, the main thing Chelsea needs to do is they need to get Lukaku scoring <laughs> like that's that's that, that that that's that's the priority for me um and and at the moment i i don't quite uh i don't quite see where those goals are going to come from otherwise, because I, I get that they have uh, they have the backups and they have Pulisic and Werner and all that, but, but at the moment, that's that's the key thing for me, really, because that's supposed to be their guy that's, that, that's leading them forward and, and coming, you know, coming in with the goals in the big games.
0: I mean, I think there was a post-match uh, press conference, Aaron, with, uh, with Tuchel, where he kind of laid the blame on Lukaku. I mean, they they say that they, they've they've uh, they've quelled the beef and nothing's going on back there. They're all they're all best of friends now, but surely in the back of everybody's mind, it's it's not looking too good for that in that in terms of that situation.
1: So Lukaku's obviously not done himself many favors with that ridiculous outburst, um, but I will say this: you have a Chelsea team with a sort of like a makeshift back back three. are played. He's not in their uh, starting eleven. Um, they played a little bit deeper, um, which you know you could actually twist to be something that they did to actually benefit. You can, because if you look at his time in Inter, uh, they were they played deeper. They they attacked the spaces as as to as teams came onto them um, because. Lukaku has probably said this a million times and people that talk about Lukaku have probably said this a million times, but the guy's not a target man. Um, his his job is not to have them all strict him, lay it off and get into to the box for, to win headers. That's not his job. Um, so because of that, I think Tuko's comments were slightly, slightly harsh on him. Um, that being said, he did kind of talk about the entire attacking unit before Lukaku, so it wasn't like he was... Um, properly signalling him out. But I think this is, the, this is the thing. Manchester City, it's a perfect storm for them. Chelsea have sort of wane in terms of their uh, attacking uh, prowess. Liverpool's no best player is off in AFCON. And they've just got on bounce of 12 wins. Like, this is it's, it's fantastic timing for them. It's just one of those things... Um, Steve won't thank me, but this is this is just the best team in the league doing the things that the best team in the league does. I mean, a lot of their games recently, they've won 1-0. They've done that really annoying championship-winning thing where they just do enough to win games over and over again. And uh, once again, they're looking really formidable.
0: I mean, I was the, I was the only person in, 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 yeah, in this uh, group here in the title race. Steve, <laughs> it's over, right? <laughs> It is over. They're just, they're just
3: too good. All you can do with Liverpool is win your games and hope for Chelsea to slip. sorry, Man City to slip up, which at the moment is unlikely because you can't better perfection. As, as Darren said, and t- sort of thirty six points out of thirty six. Sometimes you have to hold your hands up and say, "Damn, that's too good," and it is. Um, you know, the game at the weekend. I think I think Lukaku is is a flop. If I'm honest with you, I've, I've brokered this. Opinion before paid 97 million pounds for a player that hasn't turned up in any of the big games. That is his prime Lukaku. That's what he does. No, he's not a target man. No, he's not. Um, what is he in the Premier League? He's a ball wide of the centre half and run him into the channels and try and do something because right now, Chelsea are not the point's been made already in the comments. Chelsea are not using fullbacks to put the ball into areas where he can hurt teams. But the reality is when they had the fullbacks. He still wasn't getting into positions to hurt teams. He still wasn't scoring enough goals. This guy should be knocking in 25 goals a season for a £100 million price tag. He's not going to do it. The best thing that could happen for Chelsea and for Lukaku is to bring this nonsensical situation with the interview to an end and and, return him back to Italy because Italian football is not English football. And and we've seen this. We've seen it at at Everton, we've seen it at Manchester United. And we're seeing the same thing at Chelsea now. Um, Regards to weekend's game, Manchester City just ask too many questions of you all of the time. It's really difficult. They create angles to get around the back of you and pull balls back into the box. And if anybody's got half an ounce of football knowledge, you know how difficult that is to defend. Chelsea have got a problem at the moment. Chelsea are one bad result away from being just another in the top four race. You know, if Liverpool win their game in hand, they go five points clear of Chelsea. Um, you know, Chelsea are not looking like they're gonna go and dominate and win a run of games. It is for all intents and purposes over. We've been in this position in nineteen twenty when we won it and teams around us are waiting for us to slip up.
0: Right.
3: I don't think City will. So I, I think you know what Liverpool need to do is focus on the other three competitions they're in particularly the UCL because no one wants to play Liverpool over two legs in Europe when AFCON's done and Armand Salah's back. He'll stretch anybody in Europe. No one wants to play Liverpool in a two-legged affair anyway. So it's, it's not wrong to, and it's no disgrace to finish second in the league to a Manchester City side that is as good as this one. Um, let, let's not get that twisted and not in the city and pretend they're not something that they are because they're brilliant. And... They've just got so many options, so many options, and and when you think you've dealt with something, people are calling Jack Greenish a flop. He's not a great season, but he's certainly not having a bad one. He's contributed to thirty six points out of thirty six. I'm not sure that constitutes being a flop, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, you the smile there, Daniel. As as a, as a I imagine as a former fan favorite, the old idea that Jack Greenish is is a flop, kind of. I don't know, amuses or, or are you not yeah. happy with that t- that tag for him? That's uh, not, I'm not happy with this. It. The guy's like, you know, he's not, he's not
4: exactly been at City for a very long time. He's had to completely change his game to suit Pep. And obviously because of that, you know, he's not going to be necessarily as part, you know, he's not going to be, he's not going to have the same number of goal contributions he had at Villa because Villa played absolutely through Jack Grealish. Grealish now for Man City. He's another fine player that fits into Pep's system, and he fits very, very well. And for me, he's been doing that. You know, he's had a he's had a couple of goals and a couple of assists this season. That's fine. Um, his performances for me have been brilliant. He still he still creates the chances. So for me, Jack Grealish to call him a flop, it's just it's just funny. I mean, if you, you, you hear you hear people call him that, but at the end of the day, like. What are we just supposed to pretend this is like? This is like when Pepe joined Arsenal or something. is thats is thats that is that is that is that what we're is that what we're calling this? Do you know what I mean? Is the the way the behavior, the way that people have described Jack Grealish, you think that that's what that was? I um,
1: think the, the, I think I'll, there is a Hold on, Darren. Hold on, Darren. Hold
0: on,
2: Darren. Hold on, Darren.
0: All right. I mean, <laughs> I mean if, you, if you look at Pepe's last season, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to get as more goals and assists than Jack Grealish this season, and Jack Grealish plays for a much better team. But anyway. No, I'm talking about years. when he first joined. I, I get you, I get you. I get I, 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 can I just say, can um, I just say Okay, go on, Darren. I'm
1: not <laughs> triggered. You're triggered. Me, you like, you like, <laughs> yeah, we, we have to pull him back. Like, like, but um, this is the thing, though. Like, When you are playing with no disrespect to Villa at a club at the highest echelon... <laughs> the highest echelons of 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 football generally at the moment. The expectations about. Not only was he one of England's darling players in the Euros, he is their record signing for a team before Newcastle was the like easily the richest in the, in the league. Uh, they not only did they sign him because he was who he is, but they like, there was a lot of. Like Market Drive behind him, like when I kind of in Manchester, boohoo man, um, pictures of Greenish everywhere. It was the we got the guy, so with that comes the guy pressures, and clearly he has not reached those lip those levels. And when you when you look at what they already have, you ask yourself, well. Mm, how much better is he than Foden? How much better is he than another Silva? And then that's when you can really ask those questions of Greenish. And they, in my opinion, they're fair. What I do think has happened, I think Sancho and Greenish have joined the one clubs. Greenish thrives where there is no real structure, where it's off the cuff, you just do things yourself. Whereas Sancho needs that sort of template. This is how we're going to do this, is how we're going to play and I don't think Grealish just quite got to grips with the um complicated nature of the way that Pep wants his teams to play. I'm saying that
4: what it is with Grealish is that he does need to get used to that Pep style of play though. Like what <laughs> Pep 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 brought Grealish in, he paid 100 million pounds for Grealish fully knowing this is a guy that picks up the ball, drives at the defenders Maybe does a little bit with you know by himself with Pep Guardiola he's having to play that passing game a little bit maybe lay it off you know maybe you know don't um, don't don't pick it up from don't pick it up too deep you know so so obviously those goals and assists they're going to take a little bit more time to come but when it comes to the hundred million pound price tag for me though I don't think it matters the city
3: have that money
1: there
3: we go. (laughs) No, <laughs> boys, because if you look at Manchester City as a team, if he sold De Bruyne tomorrow, he'd get 100 million quid for him. If he sold Bernardo Silva in form, he'd get 70, 80 million quid for him. He'd get 70 million quid for Rodri because it's a specialised position and he's good at it. All Jack Greenish is, is an expensive part of a jigsaw. So we didn't buy him to say, he's going to come in, everyone's going to go, oh, wow, look at Jack Greenish. He's running Manchester City. He's brought exactly. him, he's brought him in to fit into his into his model and be another of a a long list of expensive players, we have the problem with the price tag. Manchester City down. It's as simple as that. Yeah.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. We're going to move on from Manchester City and on to the more important race, the tougher race this season, the top four race. Uh, Arsenal did not play, so we will not comment on that, unless you guys want to tear into Arsenal. For having that money yeah, we but do well. that all the time. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to really. get that. I'm going I'm to get that. I'm going to ask that question. What, what did you think, Steve, of, of that whole situation? One COVID case, and you're welcome. Walk- so so I'll,
3: I'll, I'll touch on the, the idea that Liverpool took the piss a little bit with what they did, and they'll say this. Um, we went to Chelsea without the manager, without without Fabino, without Van Dyke, without certain of the players. That was no part of a master plan. To then pull out of a Carabao Cup semi-final three or four days later. We had a genuine issue with, with with positive tests, went through a lab. You don't WhatsApp somebody and say, guys, we're not going to be able to play tomorrow because we've just done a load of lateral flow tests and we don't think we've tested people with COVID. These have been sent to a lab and they've been ratified. There was an issue when they came back, and there was obviously clearly a problem with a batch or something. They're not making excuses. The situation with Arsenal is a, is a little bit more different. You have 83 players signed on on Arsenal's books, 83. They played a youth team game the night before for the London North, North London derby. Yeah. They loaned out players. They've got five, three or four players at AFCON. If the, the league really wanted to, to drive home the message, Arsenal would not have enough players, were not really in a position to say, we can't play the game. We had no goalkeeper coaches, no manager, no assistant manager, and and up to nine positive tests that came out of a lab. So at one stage, Loris Karius was going to have to come back and play in goal. That's how bad it was getting for Liverpool. You know, we were all thinking about the Real Madrid game all over again. Did Christ? Let's not. Let's hope this doesn't happen. So I think I think there needs to be more transparency, and not I'm not just digging Arsenal out. Leicester have got questions to answer because of the lads who went to the darts. Burnley sell their striker and if today ask for a postponement, that is absolutely mental. There needs to be much, much more transparency. There needs to be a mandate, a set of rules that needed to be abided by. Clearly, at the moment, clubs are using the opportunity to... I mean, Burnley, if they don't play, i will have four games at hand. So so where does this stop? Where does this end? Where do we put some control in place? I mean, culture, I
0: mean, the rules... I feel it's hard to, to blame Arsenal when the rules are there. Uh, if, if you look at it, are so easily broken or bended?
1: Yeah. If, yeah. If,
0: if you don't ask, then you're not going to receive. And Arsenal asked to get the game postponed. And this, if, if the if the PFA or Premier League didn't want to, or wanted the game to carry on, they would have they would have said so. So why shouldn't Arsenal be allowed well, to? Like this? This, this is the thing. I
2: think, obviously, I think for fans, the North London derby is a game that everyone looks forward to at the end of the day. So it's one of those crazy games um, full of drama, full of action, full of goals, you know, and I think for the fan aspect of 4.30 on a Sunday to close the Premier League weekend, everyone's thinking, yeah, that's a game they want to watch. So obviously they were gutted on that aspect. Now, when it comes to the COVID thing, we said it with uh, Jordan, there was the rule point about if you have 13 first-team players available, the you fill the bench with younger players. So for example, Leeds had a lot of players missing through injuries and COVID. So their bench was super young, super, super young. Um, so people were saying, well, they would expect the same thing of Arsenal because the main thing was they missing a the whole lot of the midfielders. But then people were saying, well, you sold or loaned out rather, maitland Um, So you had Lokonga left, and it would be Charlie Patino, you know, if you wanted to play him there, or if you wanted to bring Chamberson back into a defensive midfield role that he hasn't played since I think Southampton or early Arsenal days, anyway. Um, look, if first team Arsenal, first team, first team players were available for Arsenal people are just going to say, look, you should have played the game. That's what it is. But if the rules are that easily bended or manipulated there's a loophole, Arsenal and Liverpool are not going to be the only teams to take advantage of this. And this is what people need to get used to. You'll get angry, but what team won't take advantage of it? What team won't take advantage of the situation and say to themselves, if we can fit in an extra, maybe three or four days of rest to make so our players come back a lot more fresher, we will do that. We can work on a few things in training and all that. So look, I... Me, personally, I was gutted because I just didn't get to see another fiery North London derby. But I wasn't particularly annoyed at Arsenal because I kind of just... It, it made sense as to why they did it. And they're not going to be the first or the last... Liverpool are not going to be the first or the last either. So.
0: It makes sense that Arsenal done it. what doesn't make sense is the fact that Philippe Continho scored against you guys <laughs> to make it 2-2. I can two tell you for
2: free... After- I can tell you for free that makes perfect sense because his record against De Gea is fantastic.
0: Yeah. There you go. There you go. But I, I'm talking about the Manchester United versus Aston Villa game. Bruno Fernandes uh, opened the scoring in the sixth minute and then he got a second in the 67th. Jacob Ramsey and as I said before, Philippe Coutinho got the equaliser. Now, when you went 2 no down, Daniel, you got to be honest right now. You didn't think this was going to happen, did you? No, of course
4: not. Of course not. Um, it was, it was a bit of a shame, really, because, uh, you know, forgive me for saying this, Kojo, but Manchester United didn't play particularly well. But Villa so have had forgive, this problem. Forgive you for, for saying the truth? Oh, yeah, oh, I mean... Yeah, yeah. There you
1: go, there you go. Yeah. You <laughs> say like, that, Villa, but... Go, go on, Sorry, go Canada. on. No, no, you go you go I was generally going to say, as a, as a United player myself, so, that is the best way they'd have played for a while that first half. And it wasn't even that good. Purely because you could kind of see that they were finally starting to understand a couple of things that they were being taught they, mm. they play like quite a quite slow bunch and they obviously don't get on but like for the second goal you saw the pressing finally you saw the pressing finally at a high point and I think that in itself is good because realistically we've seen nothing really uh, any pressure that um, United, important teams can never really be sustained and managed to do that for the first half. It wasn't great, but there was definitely some green shoots coming from that game, in my opinion. I thought the
4: press was there, like in the cup game as well, in the first half of the cup game. You know, from United, they, they, it was there, but I don't think obviously Rash, Rashford and Greenwood were, were finishing opportunities that game. I, c- I can see where it's coming. Bruno Fernandez as well. I think I think he he had a, he played a blinder. You know, despite obviously United, as I say, not playing particularly well. Really, I thought Bruno Fernandez had a, had a brilliant game. Um, but for, for in terms of in terms of Villa, like, I wasn't expecting us to come back there. I didn't I didn't expect it because uh, we've we've been doing this thing recently. We're trying to shoehorn Danny Ings and, and Ollie Watkins up front together in this. And you'd think you'd think having two strikers, creating loads of chances, having two England strikers, you'd be finishing chances. But the, they've both been kind of like missing their shooting boots, uh, boots uh, in the last few weeks. What I will say is, though, uh, Luca Dean came in, played exceptionally. Uh, he was perfect for that Gerard system. And at the very least, when Villa, Villa, when Villa are losing games at the moment, you can see it's down to individual errors. You can see it's down to um, kind of sort of not finishing off chances because the way that Villa are executing the Gerrard style of play, having the two fullbacks push up, having the two wingers inside, supporting the striker, uh, they've been doing it very well. I'm just just glad that uh, after the substitutions, we were able to to get a point out of it because it almost feels like our performances haven't been rewarded in the in recent weeks. Are you buying
0: into the, the uh, Gerard style of play? Are you are you, is, are you fully backing uh, Stephen Gerrard to go on and take you guys forward to where you want to be in the next few couple of uh, few years?
4: Yeah, man, I'm 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 all I'm all in on Stephen Gerrard. I'm all in on it. The fact that the fact that we're making those signings as well, Luca Dean came in, perfect for for that left back position we want. Coutinho came in. You know what you want if you want you want is a winger that can kind of cut inside a little bit, You can play a little bit on the inside. Coutinho's perfect. I I must admit. I was a little bit skeptical but the way that the club has been talking about him the way that he performed when he came on as a sub this week um I'm I'm fully in on the Coutinho transfer as well I mean why wouldn't I be um, in the first place but the youngsters that are coming through as well Carney Chukwemeka, we saw him come on he made a difference set up the pass the set up the goal brilliant player Jacob Ramsey for me as well biggest thing since Gerard's come in he was playing well under Dean Smith but under Gerard you can tell like you know you've got one of the best midfielders of the last two decades coming in and uh, improving the in fact improving a, a youngster who's already you know on an upward trajectory you know that guy's going to be picked for England at
0: some how point. old
1: is Jacob Ramsey because I know not like 17 or something isn't he yeah Chamaker's very young he's 17 but, uh, Ramsey's like 20 yeah he's he he and Conor Gallagher the two young semi fielders are really like stepping up this season, like Jacob Ramsey did fantastic in the two games against United.
4: Yeah, he was he's been brilliant as well. And you know, United have been linked with John McGinn. You've seen that all <laughs> over the papers today. John McGinn, you know, didn't play against United. Jacob yeah, Ramsey yeah. lit it up. Yeah. So I'm not trying to I'm not making it a versus thing, but you know, there's uh there's, there's a real sort of high standard in that villa midfield, which you know it's just missing a defensive midfielder, really.
3: I think just going back to the, some, some of the points you made um, about the press, I thought both of United's goals came from Villa mistakes. Um, the, the goalkeeper one we don't need to speak about. Um, the goalkeeper shouldn't be giving the ball to the Aston Villa player who lost it in that position anyway for the second goal. And then, and then what United do well is recognise the mistake in, in the first touch, smother it, and then the rest we know about. Um uh, you know I love your coach Joe but the simple, simple fact of the matter is across the last two games I think if you're looking at both the clubs Aston Villa are a better football team than Manchester United at the moment so' I'm, I'm not surprised that um that, that you know <laughs> they, they are that they, for me they are you know, I think, yeah you're not, not you're, a, I'm not gonna argue that. way to do it at Manchester United at the moment I, I'm not going to sit here and and, and watch too lyrical about Gerard I could obviously because he's he's our favorite son um but the the guy is a born winner. The guy is is the most intense born winner that that you'll ever see. So the moment he walked into the training ground, he would have said to those players, match me, match my intensity, match my desire to win. I don't know if you guys saw his interview after the game when he spoke about half-time and there were a few home truths. He's a born winner. He's an absolute born winner and he will accept nothing else other than 110%. And my view is... The only way he doesn't go to Liverpool is if he relegates Aston Villa. That's how dead certain that, that is is for me. I really do genuinely believe that is, is already kind of a, a done deal with the exception of it being an absolute disaster class. It's not going to be, because as as as, as quite rightly pointed out by Dan, he's got all the, the young boy Ramsey and he says, Listen to what I tell you and I'll make you an international. And that's coming sooner rather than later. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. the
4: only downside of the Gerard uh, of the Gerard uh, managerialship at Villa. That's the only downside is that at some point or another, it's going to be mid-season. Yeah, Liverpool go on some some mad mad run or something, um, and uh, and Gerard just ups and leaves. That's that's the only that's the only downside to it. But but the thing is, at the end of the day, that's the way the cookie crumbles. And if and for Gerard to go to Liverpool, he has to have done a stellar
3: job at Villa. So, it's about projects, isn't it? It's about projects. The project right yeah. now is to take what Dean Smith was doing and take it to the next level. He's already started to do that. There'll come a point when Jurgen you know, Klopp walks away. Hopefully, he doesn't. Hopefully, he signs an extension. But if he walks away, Gerard disaster class permitting, is an obvious candidate, and that won't happen mid-season because Klopp walks away at the end of 2024. So, so if that the summer of 2024 is, you know. But Aston Villa will have to think about succession planning. Who can they bring in that can carry on Gerard's way? That's what you do when you're a you're a side aspiring to grow your club and take yourself forward. You know, Ger- Gerard is, is going to be going to do great things for Aston Villa between now and whenever he moves on. From one legendary midfielder to
0: a legendary Portuguese midfielder, I, I, I go, I go. He's he's creeping up there. No, no,
1: Darren, you don't you don't think Bruno Fernandez creeping up to become a, a, a legendary? It's <laughs> nearly <laughs> It's really funny why he asked me that question because they could attest to it. Since he was wearing a sporting shirt, I didn't want anything to do with him. Um, And it was a hard sell at the start when he was flying. But for me, my issues with Bruno Fernandes have been consistent uh, in terms of his ridiculous shot locations and his... Ability to scream at other people for him overhitting simple passes, um, just like he loses the ball quite often. And he, for well, me, goals, he, put, he put you in a winning position, yeah, 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 cool, that's true. <laughs> but <laughs> but the, the thing is, you're asking me about my opinion on Bruno Fernandes generally, he, he isn't my favorite. Yeah. I know it's not a really popular position to have as United like, but he just isn't. Um we're talking about the game generally Can you not see from here
0: he's going to he's going to kick on maybe Ronaldo takes a few games out out of the team and then, then he flies Ronaldo comes back in he disappears Ronaldo goes out flies again you know why,
1: why, Ronaldo why, isn't why, why the problem the pro- Ronaldo isn't the problem he isn't the solution but he isn't the problem for me the problem with Maynard is that firstly they've got too many people in the team in the 24 man squad there's too many of them that want to play games 90 minutes and they're not going to get an opportunity. That creates an unhappy camp. may that play like a team who don't like each other. If you look at the, I know this wasn't the Prem game, but if you look at the Card game with Villa, there were so many times where Rashford was through and he needed to square Greenwood, or Greenwood was through and he needed to square Rashford. And he didn't even look. And he didn't even look. And it was it, it never looked like it was something that they even considered doing. And you hear all these talk about these unhappy players, one minute it's 11, one minute it's 17. On top of my head, I could probably come up with 11 or 17 unhappy players at the United. And on top of that, you've got the idea of we've got this style of play that is temporary, but these players that cannot fit the style of play. And then on top of that, you've got, ideally, it's probably going to be Ten Hag or Pochettino. The same midfielders that can't do what Ragnik wants will not be able to do what Poch or Ten Hag want. And then constantly, we're in a situation where we've got players who clearly aren't good enough in the situation, oh. and they, they, they put themselves in. Like, Fred and McTominay should not be starting from a United team that's doing well, nor should Dallo, nor should Juan nor should Maguire. I know you're talking about, what, half your team already. Already off the bat. And then you've got Sanch- um, Sancho, who, again, he needs order. He's not getting it. You've got Greenwood, who's sulking because Ronaldo's taken all his minutes as, as number nine. You've got Rashford, who isn't right. Uh, I'm not going to comment whether it's mentally or not. He just he just isn't right. He's played two seasons with an injury. Of course, he wasn't going to be amazing, straight off the bat for your fit, because that's probably changed his body somewhat. And then you have Matic, who's basically come back into the team because it's so bad in, in midfield. And Matic should be nowhere near a function made of that team. So the, the issues far go, sort of made out of just dropping two points. They'll drop more points. It's going to keep happening until, frankly, the squad is going because you've got high-profile players that don't really don't want to be there. And I'm not talking about Martial. I'm talking about Cavani. But nobody, nobody wants to talk about that one. Ragnick has come out and said he's basically begged Cavani to stay. Um, you've got all sorts of people basically poo-pooing Maguire's ability as the main Whether you agree with it or not, it's there. Especially you with know, the rumors that Ronaldo being there has kind of made him in the show. But I'm sure the. Ragn- Big there would have done the same because how can Maguire, with three relegations in his belt, chat to Varane, who's won everything? So the, the squad balance just isn't there.
3: Uh, a down question for you then. Um, and I agree with everything you've just said as a Liverpool fan looking in at Manchester United and, and being objective. Um, th- what you're talking about takes two or three summer transfer windows. And each time you buy a player and then you go and look for the next one. You've got to be able to say to him, Come and get involved with what we're doing. And right now, if I was a top class player, I'd be saying to Manchester United, Well, what are you doing? Because I can't see it. So, so so it's going to be a it's not an overnight process, it's going to be a long process. The big danger for Man United is that in the two or three years it takes to get them to where you want to be, where do the rest of the clubs get to? Because they'll move on and they'll progress and they'll evolve as well. So so you I've said this before, and I've said it on your show before. You are so reminiscent of Liverpool in the 90s where there's an idea that that you have a right to win things instead of going out and making the changes to do it. The the difference is money drives football in such a way it's a bigger task for Manchester United than it ever was for Liverpool.
1: Yeah, I think we're at the point where the Premier League is at a bottleneck. Um, And you're looking looking at Arsenal, you're looking at Spurs, you're looking at West Ham. And if you're you're United, you're hoping you sort your, your shit out before Newcastle sort of their shit out because they can spend whatever they want, especially considering Ashley had Mark Ashley as owner previously didn't spend a thing, so they can spend as much as they want for the next few windows anyway. Uh, and then you thinking where my United have got to rely on being Man United, but they've not been my United for long enough for these new generation of footballers. So the way they've got to sell this project is by basically tearing the whole thing down and starting again. We need that's that
3: comes we need, with lots of risk. Lots of risks. Yeah,
1: this is this is this is where they are. Realistically, Ragnick does not come into Manchester United if that isn't the plan simply because he doesn't he hasn't really managed consistently top flight uh over the last ten years. He's managed a season and a half for, for Leipzig. He managed for Schalke about 10, 15 years ago. So as a, as a standalone manager of CV, he, he doesn't warrant the job, but why he's there is so he can basically assess the people, go upstairs and tell Ten Hag and say, don't fancy him, he's he not working hard enough, X-player's not good enough, X-player uh, creates problems in the dressing room so that he can sort of get get the shit out and start again because that's, that's the only way United are going are gonna, to... Sort of stuff out. This isn't going to happen without sort of a major change. Um, and I saw a comment earlier, basically saying, "Why did Ralph Ralph make any more subs?" Because realistically, the squad's not that good. And when you're when you're in a situation where you've got about injuries and COVID and stuff like that, you really see how good your squad is. And this season has shown, above all else, the that squad is just not that good.
4: I think you need to, like, realize that as well, though, that, you know, the the whole Ole thing, it went wrong, right? It went wrong, but we're not too far after that. So, so United, you know, coming in mid-season, you know, with a managerial change, it's a difficult thing. But when it comes down, when it comes to the summer, if they bring in the right guy, I don't think... You know, like United are doomed or whatever. Like there, there is a lot of talent still in that squad. Realistically, there's like a you're like a defensive midfielder away from having an actually, you know, very strong midfield. You know, I think defense wise, you've got the talent. Have you got Bruno and Santos still who can who can
1: still come into their own? No, I would say they may out have three bodies like in the field for where they really want to really? be. Yeah, I would what say realistically, Realistically, you don't want Matic, Fred, or McTominay starting or really, really coming off the bench for a team at my nine. If you consider where the competition currently is at, and this is the problem, the teams above them aren't going to stand still, nor are the teams below them. I could create a better midfield free for picking teams below my are. You pull Basima from Brighton, you pull... Uh, I know you don't know, but you pull Conor Gallagher from, from Crystal Palace. And we're getting from, from you from you guys. And you've got a better midfield three than the Matic, Tumane, and, and Fred. And you consider two of those have been mainstays in um, Mainnet's team at the minute. This, this is the thing. And then you've got the defence. You've got a right back who can't repay, play. Well, Misaka, can't play with the ball. And you need to have the ball. Um, and it's actually cost us in major competitions before because the Villarreal game, the European League final, Villarreal basically said he can have it, nobody else can, and we didn't create any choices. And uh, You've got a Luke Shaw who needs competition to perform, and we saw that in the Euros, when Chilwell, when the conversation on Chilwell was growing up, Luke Shaw reminded everybody who he was in the Euros, but now he's going back to Manchester and has to face Terres, who he knows really isn't that much of a of a of an issue, he's fine. Also, just to uh, address um, Big Run's comment again, Lingard doesn't want to be here. Lingard, Lingard does not want to be at Manchester United. So there's no point in saying it, but we've got Lingard. And Lingard, who doesn't want to be here, is no use to anybody at all. Same way Martial, who doesn't want to be there, is no use to anybody at all. Because uh, the style of football that Ragnick demands and knows because there's a as a as a Liverpool fan with a very high pressing team, it requires 100% effort. You have to buy in. You have to buy in, and if you don't, 100% buy in. But
3: well, well, above all else, above all else, it requires player profile, and you need to know what players can do your job in a certain yeah. position. And, and if Poch finds himself in the hot seat at Manchester United next season, whatever's left of the current squad will eat him alive because they yeah. got themselves into a really bad mindset at the moment, and and, and they've got the power, and Potts will get destroyed at Manchester United. This is why the
1: squad needs to be gutted. Quite frankly, this squad needs to be gutted. That's the only way um, out of um, the
2: Um the thing about managers coming in is, I want people told me that they want Ten Hag, for example, or even me, I was saying I went to Pochettino a long time ago, even way before PSG, even before he got sacked by Spurs, I was a Pochettino fan, and then... But the thing is, look, if you go back to night, managers, regardless, I'm not going to list them name for name. There's always been an issue with how players have been bought, if the manager wanted that player, if this, that, and the other. That's why this squad is so destroyed to this day. Now, Liverpool have started, started starting strong with Klopp, and I'm sure when Klopp goes, the idea is they're going to bring in someone that makes the move seem seamless. It's going to be easy for them to move on to the next thing. Sort of like how Southampton used to do before they scrapped that whole... Um, fabled black, black box yeah, thing, yeah. Um, all of that, you know. So I, this is why I, I, when I'm asked about my, my my expectations, are not there anymore because I don't know what's gonna happen. There is no plan. I don't see no plan. I don't see no structure. Um, if I can quickly just talk t- t- on this Randick Marshall thing. For me, it's as simple. Um, Ma- uh, even before Randick came in, Marshall wasn't playing anyway. Now, whatever the reason was, apparently he had a knee injury um his wife came on social media and said no that's not the truth but we saw him come back up with uh, struggling to train so do you have an evening or not i don't know then rain comes in now it's um, he doesn't want to play this guy says i want to play quite frankly look both of them the reason i'm not getting mad about it because both of them are short term at this point marshall don't want to be here he wants to kick right is not a full-time manager at Manchester United football club he's going to go upstairs after- afterwards so whatever the manager wants to do with him after that it doesn't matter. Marshall's not going to stay. This guy's not going to be a long-term manager. So the anger even around that is just it is pointless at this point. Um, but look, Man United are not better than a lot of teams this year. And when I call them Gucci, Everton, people think I'm doing it for banter reasons. I'm not doing it for banter reasons. Man United have a lot more money than Everton, hence the Gucci, but they spend like Everton, because they buy players that don't fit into places. And it doesn't make sense, and they start again. And that's why Everton has sacked another manager, because they have no plan there. And this is the whole thing. So look, Man United fans can get angry about my United. It's going to be the same run over and over. At this point, what do you expect? <laughs> like, why, why do you get mad over these things now? It is what it is, man. And what else has to be, by the way? And Charles Coutinho, because that guy keeps haunting Main night with Liverpool, with Barcelona, and now he's done it with Barcelona. You know, he the never scored goal. a league
3: goal against Manchester
2: United before the weekend. Yeah, but he lost us it out the, in the <laughs> Europa League and then in the <laughs> Champions League with Barcelona, he he done us as well. So, quite this is why I'm just like, he's done it again. Because at this point, it's just like, he came off the bench and Keough was saying, top bins. And even though it wasn't particularly top bins, it still felt like top bins because he came off the pitch with a goal and assist and changed the game just like that. And that's what it is with my night. And shout out Gerald because it seems like what he likes to do is that sub, even though they went 2 0 down, it didn't seem like a reactionary sub. It looked like he's waiting for the white moment to bring him on. And mm. he brought Coutinho on immediately. Yeah, he just saw a change in the way they were playing. And then, boom, game. Was he not so, trying yeah. to
3: do that before Console got injured or something? He was trying to make the change prior to, to then the second goal goes in and mm. he stuck to his conviction and did it anyway. And, and you know, if you're, if you're an Aston Villa fan or a chairman or a Liverpool fan and you're looking at the future, those are the types of decisions that separate average managers from good managers. And it proved to be pivotal on the day, didn't it?
4: Dean yeah. Smith never used to make subs until it seemed like the game was gone. That, that, was, that, that was a big issue beforehand. You know, you've got these young players on the bench. You've got Carney Chappellmaker on the bench. You know, why, why aren't you bringing them on? The game's gone anyway. These guys aren't playing for you. They're not pressing. under Gerrard, he's not taking rubbish. He's not taking less than the, uh, less than the absolute best from players. If you're not going to run, if you're not going to work for me, that's fine. I've got other pl- I've got other players who can come in. I've got players who are in the youth academy that will that will take your place instead. That's fine. With Coutinho coming on for Gerard, I just think it I just think it worked fantastically. I think I think the guys linking up with with Ramsey incredibly already. Like the two of them just playing together, like that's really exciting. Um, and also. Like, no offence to Matty Target. He was player's player of the year. I think it was last year. or the fan's player of the year. I can't remember. You know, had a, had a very good season for Villa last year. It wasn't working in the Gerrard system because the guy just, you know, can't put in the crosses in the same way that Luca Dean can. Luca Dean comes in. That left-hand side now for Villa, you know, we talked about Grealish there last year. And now Villa have a strong, well-balanced left-hand side of talented players, which is, you know, kind of led by Coutinho, but not, you know, not not held completely by him. I'd like to think that if if Coutinho can keep fit, um, yeah, Villa can really push on this season. And then you're talking about sort of a thirty million pound buy. Uh, I think it's a thirty million pound option or something around that for a player who's sort of twenty nine thirty. Yeah. That's when there'll be a decision to make. But you know, if he's gonna if he's gonna
3: perform well, if he's gonna make us a better team then hey, why not the the owners have money. Are you worried about that? 380, 380 grand a week as well at Barcelona. So, yeah, so contract-wise, that's a stretch, isn't it? But I'm sure he'd have to take a view. But he looked like he enjoyed himself. He, he was blowing after five minutes. He's clearly not match fit. Um, but but listen, I could sit here and run it back and tell you all about the goals he scored. The guy's got quality. And I'm sure if he had decisions in his career to make again, he might have done things differently. But... He could never come back to Liverpool. The, the the way he exited the club, it was never an option for him to come back to Liverpool. So, I, I, I quite like Aston Villa. To be fair, even more so now Gerard's gone there. So, um, we'll be keeping more than a watchful eye on events down there. And Coutinho's a quality <laughs> player, mate. He's a quality player.
4: We no, definitely. To... I'm 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 excited for him. People think he's washed because of the seasons at Barcelona, but that club's been a bit of a mess for. Years anyway, and when he did go on loan to buy and anyway, he, he, he did well. So,
3: it's the knee injury, it's the knee injury that is quite a mm. serious knee injury in the last 12 months. And, um, he, it, one of his biggest strengths was his ability to go off either foot and change direction. And you do have physical changes when you have injuries like that, so it remains to be seen whether he's as effective with off that leg.
0: We're going to have to move on, I'm afraid. It was a, it was a nice chat. It was a, it was a good 15 to 20 minutes, that chat. So, uh, very interesting. That was a very interesting uh, listen. Um, Liverpool 3, Brentford nil. a fairly easy win. Um, unexpected considering that Brentford uh, on the, in a reverse fixture. did actually give you guys a game. But then again, they haven't exactly been playing the best football. Goals from uh, Fabinho, Oxlade-Chamberlain and Takumi Minamino. Now, Steve, 3-0 no win, no Salah, no Mane.
3: Trying sign this in a few critics there, are you not? It'd be easy to say yes, but but um, Brentford are not in great form at the moment. Um, listen, the, the, the game down there was the biggest, at that time, was the biggest game in their football history. Liverpool Football Club in the top flight. Um, at that moment in time, that was Brentford's biggest game ever. So if you can't get your players, your manager and your squad up for that, then you have to question why you're in the Premier League to start with. There's been some reality checks since then. No more so than in midweek last week when they got battered by I think Southampton four-one. Um, they're some harsh lessons at the moment. It wasn't a brilliant performance um, possession-wise. What you expect from Liverpool because the back six is the back six, and it's it's and stood the test of time, and we know what it's about. Um, first half we lacked we lacked we, lack, we, lack, we were really lacking in uh, being incisive, and it takes. A strange goal for us to get one up, one up, but that goal breaks Brentford's hearts and breaks their resilience. And then from then on, it's just a case of when the next one comes and it and it's Ox. And I feel sorry for Ox because I tweeted earlier, Ox's career is epitomized by this. Scores a good goal, five minutes later, picks up an injury and has to leave the pitch. That's right. that's Oxnade Chamberlain's career in a microcosm for you. That's it, that's what his career's been about. I wish the guy could have 12 months injury free to really build some momentum because he's he's got pace, he can beat a man, he's he likes to shot from distance, he's clearly liked by the players around him, he's a popular guy. Um, we just might never know how good oxlade Chamberlain could be, but but he scores and then and then Taco after a very difficult midweek game against Arsenal. Um and on his birthday, gets a goal. So so please for him. It's 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 a win, it looks better than it is. But what it is, is it keeps us on the periphery of, of, of a, if you like, a title challenge should the opportunity present itself. You, you don't get anything in that game and Manchester City beat Chelsea, you might as well give them the cup. You know, it's um, it's now about consolidating that second place and, and in, in hope that Manchester United, Manchester City, sorry, have a wobble, which is unlikely because the last 12 games they've done anything but have a wobble. So, yeah, it's a good result. On the face of it, it's a good result. Um but it really really shows you how much we missed the front two. The two wide men up front really, really shows you how much we missed those guys. So we'll be back soon because Egypt might get knocked out like next week. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: um I mean it's,
0: it's far too early for any team to be conceding the league title. But do you think that Liverpool should be I don't know, focusing all their efforts on maybe a cup competition? Probably probably the Champions League. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We spoke about this on, on the show last week. Um, all the great Liverpool managers have got domestic cups to their name. That's Alex Ferguson's got domestic cups to his name. Arsene Wenger's got domestic cups to their name. If you want to be yeah. revered as a genuine club legend, you can't just put your eggs in two baskets and say it's either league or Champions League or nothing else. If we go and win the Carabao Cup and, have a, and, and let's say, for instance, we're fortunate enough to win the FA Cup, but there's two more trophies that go on that champions wall that, that that we we as Liverpool fans love to see because, like like Kojo does with and Darren do with their teams, we're successful over our history of our football club, and we don't want to change that. So and and as, and and Arsenal and Cahill, thank you very much. Feel <laughs> 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 um, F- well, then. FA, FA Cups is, is your thing. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah FA Cups is your. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Emirates though. FA Cup. Remember that, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. quality. You know, I I can't hide from the fact that you guys are record. Record, are you the record winners of the FA Cup now? They are, yeah. Uh, Kudos to you for that because that's an achievement. But, but you know, at the end of the day, that's what you've got to do. It's not just about the big two, you've got to pick up a few little other pots along the way and and add to your your role of honours. But yeah, I want to see us go strong against Arsenal this week. I want, I pretty much want to see the same team that played at the weekend play at Arsenal. Um, because I think that team can get the jo- get the job done, and then it's Chelsea at Wembley if we get through, isn't
0: it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's go on to the final game of uh, the top four race: West Ham two, League United three. I'd like to I'd like to start this off by by addressing you two Irons, Irons. in the, 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 the Irons. <laughs> can, so, uh, can I? Can I? Can good? I? Can I?
1: Can I? Can I say something? Can I say you something? I think not the last time I was on the pub, but the pub the before that, I stated that how difficult and good a job Bielsa was doing, considering the injuries children on the <laughs> bench <from us. laughs> <So>, uh, <really laughs> I knew this was coming. Well, then, here it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shame considering his recent form. But he got the win and the, no, weekend no, no, but
1: the The facts of the matter is, the facts of the matter is, a couple more people are coming back. And they get better results. I mean, for sure we're still playing in midfield. A man who had two, two and a bit years off injured. come Phillips has barely played. He's had a serious injury, and everybody knows Leeds are a much better team with him in it. So oh, wow. I'm just saying, West Ham has proven this season to be one of the most difficult teams to play. They've 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 finally started to manage to take that atmosphere and that sort of. Intimidation from Up to Park to Stratford, (laughs) and (laughs) like you do that, you do that. But they 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 knocked they knocked City out of the cup. They actually beat City. They didn't just play well and get plaudits for it. Um, they beat Chelsea. I think they took Liverpool close, didn't they? They they beat beat Man United United as well. They beat Man United, United, but I mean. So we so we are talking who about. They
0: beat, I wonder, wonder eh? who haven't they beat? Oh, anyway, anyway. Jack Did, you <laughs> Did you hear me? Did you hear me saying? Uh, I'm cutting you off, Jack Harrison scored a hat trick. Hey, I Darren, Darren, Darren,
1: he lost his Rafa against Everton, so it's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah, it's they've done. they well. They've done well. It's a really good result. Really key result at a really key time for them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Jack Harrison got the hat trick. His first. I think it's first in uh, in top flight of professional football. Uh, yeah. They had a goal disallowed as well, I don't, which I don't think was offside. It was offside. it was offside. It was what?
1: offside. Quick, yeah, because yeah. Um, Rodrigo was on the line and hit him. Oh, was on the line. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
0: right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Right. Probably for Niles and Jared Bowen uh, got uh, the two goals for West Ham. I'm coming to you, Can Could I
1: quickly ask something? Go on, then. So, if you're Southgate and you see Jared Bowen and you see Marcus Rashford, with the World Cup round the corner, it's
3: really hard to ignore Jared Bowen right now, isn't it? But, but if you go Southgate, you take people that you trust and it doesn't matter about their form, and that's all Gerard Southgate's ever done. So, um, I don't agree with that. I think you should pick players on form. You'd pick Jared Bowen over Marcus Rashford any day of the week at the moment, and that's purely on where they're at psychologically in their form, but it won't happen. It just won't happen. It's not gav Southgate. Not believe?
0: Or Understand that form is temporary, and class is permanent. Rashford isn't in exactly the greatest of form, but he's yeah. still a, technically a much better but, player than
1: Jack. Well, he's been playing well for so long now that it's not always oh, just having a purple patch, he's proven to people he's a very, very good player. I mean, no, no, it's, it's, it's,
2: sorry, but it's because, like, for example, like I for me, I was saying that I don't think Rashford should have gone to the Euros just based on the fact that I learned that I feel like he needed rest because he needed surgery upon surgery. but even in that year where he played with essentially half a body, he still scored quite a load of goals and got quite a lot of assists as well. So that's why I think someone like Southgate, I know his tournament football is a lot more shorter than a, a league season, considering other competitions as well, but I think he would look at it and say, just like, like what's, what's Steve saying? You know, Bowen is in the, the better form, but he's going for the quality. But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping he wouldn't do something like... Um, was it Sven-Gonert-Oriksen that took... Um, an inform championship, field walk up to the Euros or World Cup, and uh, mess- yeah, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. that kind of decision is stupid. Well, no.
3: Playing devil's advocate with the Rashford thing is, you can be out of the Euros or the World Cup in three group games. Do you have the time mm-hmm. to wait for that guy to rediscover his form on the notion that yeah, that's true, class, is, class is permanent? Form is temporary. But, but to, to go back at
0: that point, do you see, do you see Jared Bowen? Taking that form from a West Ham to England and it instantly clicking, it might not click. It no, might, it well, might, it might just be that Jarrod Bowen is playing in the
3: system, no but you just don't know. You just
4: don't. The issue is that, like, isn't there? There's, there's too many players in that England setup as well. Like, how are you supposed to get a consistent run of play to kind of get in there and, you know, immediately hit the ground running? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I, I think, I think you should be picking Bowen, but like, I agree with Steve. Like, Garrett Southgate's going to choose who Gareth Southgate's going to choose. You know, he ignored he ignored Grealish for years and then you know Phil Foden barely played in the in the in the Euros. So it's just whether or not he feels that Bowen fits in his system, which to be fair, you know, you've got a very direct player. Um, you know, I don't think England play a very complex style of football. Mm. Um Bowen probably fits in quite well. But um yeah, as he says, you just don't well, know.
2: It, it will be it'll be funny with Bowen because Bowen will be looked at as an option. Bowen will not start ahead of a sterling or center of a Saka. I heard of a greenish, I heard of a but even Rashford. No, 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 I know that. I was gonna say that as well. Trust me, I know Rashford wouldn't start because Rashford doesn't have to start anyway. But um I think uh, even if Boris come in, he wouldn't be allowed to carry that form in because he wouldn't get the starts to bring the form into the game. So it's it's one of them ones, but he's not bad he's, at he's, um,
3: he's only got a 20 million pound release clause in his contract. Yeah, you you guys have been looking at him for I
1: think, oh, about six yeah, months. So I yeah, think, yeah, I
3: it's mad. very, very possible that we'll move for him in the summer. Wow. How about 20 there's so much minutes? to put a bid in now, you know. It's is this thing, now. Like, this thing, like where English clubs are
2: starting to do, like, uh, the Spanish model of, Because the Chris Wood one threw me off guard completely.
3: That one, I, I had no idea that Chris Wood... Well, that's mental. I mean guess if they need a striker, they need an out of number nine. And it's not the fact that they bought a number nine. It's the fact they paid £29 million, £25 million pound for a guy that scored three goals.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I think there are, reasons, there are a couple of reasons for the release course. Thing. That, firstly, the market's changed and the clubs are feeling a pinch from COVID. And now they need, they need to be more readily able to sell their assets. Secondly, I don't think that the Wood transfer was completely in good faith <laughs> to start off with. Um, so and, yeah, and also I think with Trippier coming in, and uh, I think they're they're going to be as direct as they humanly can be, and Wood wins a lot of headers, yes. so we're, we're we're gonna be we're gonna be seeing knock on to Saint Maximin, or header from a Trippier cross very very frequently, whether it goes in or not is another matter, but I can I can see that that's how they're going to to navigate this situation. Yeah. For Matt to, is go, it, to
3: It's a question him. for you then. Is he is he worth two and a half times more money than you would have paid to get Divock Origi out of Liverpool? Hell no. <laughs>
1: no. Divock Origi, Divock, Divock Origi does not play for a relegation rival who you could really seriously punch him by taking My, one of
2: their Would minutes. I be wrong to say, though, that, I mean, considering Divock Origi gets less minutes, he would be more productive.
1: yes. But as well, I said, it's the, a the, the, the also, yeah, the, the yeah, transfer wasn't right. made in good faith. It wasn't made in good faith. Oh, well, good. Yeah, yeah. As much as it was to buy Chris Wood, it was to piss off Burnley. And if they so, could have yeah, got Chelsea's but... too, they would have done that as well.
3: But so, they couldn't. So they... You can liken this to when Chelsea suddenly got their big splurge of cash. And they went and bought Damien Duff and Joe Cole and players like Ida Good-Johnson and players like that. That was the first phase of, of ramping up the squad. Mm. Kieran Trippier was a decent signing, and really won't go any further than than that. So I don't think he's sort of in the top three or four English right backs currently right now. Chris, what is is really, really, really for me underwhelming. It's really not a signing. If I'm a, I'm a Newcastle fan, I can gain a whole lot of energy. They that they, they should have been going out to to. to Look at Chelsea sign Winston Bogard, who ended up being a football mercenary and sat in the reserves for the money. But when he played, he did a job. So there will be players out there at the moment that can answer Newcastle's current predicament for money until they get up. to a situation where they can assure they're in the Premier League and then they can go and buy players that fit what they want to do and, and, and let those guys leave. Mm. I, I just I'm dumbfounded about somebody who paid that kind of money for that play. I just don't understand. it. To that point, though, I, I agree. I agree with Darren saying it, it, it definitely wasn't in good
0: faith. It completely hampers Burnley, and they're not going to get a lot of a lot of uh, strikers, inform strikers, for twenty million pounds. Plus, if you look at Chris Wood's um, record, he does he does a job, and the, the job that they need him to do right now is to get them out of the relegation battle. And he scored, and I think recently he scored plus ten. I mean he got fifteen yeah. last season. So if he, yeah, he manages yeah. to kick on. He's going to he's going to do um, uh, bits for for uh, Newcastle. The only problem for Newcastle is the fact that they've got uh, what's his face Eddie Howe in
3: charge. That's the rest <laughs> That's the reason. No, I, like it. I kind so of liken it, it to winning the lottery and going buy the Ford Fiesta. That's how I kind of
0: like no, it. Yeah. <laughs> a- right, right. <laughs> no, they need a Ford Fiesta. They, they can't. <laughs> the, the dream of having Mbappe's at Newcastle yeah. isn't
3: going to be a reality, especially no, not right now. There's an in between. There's an in between there somewhere.
4: <laughs> the thing is, the thing is that I agree with Cahill as well. Like, all they've got to do is stay up. That no one, no one's coming in January to to fight out of the relegation zone. You, you know this is this this is why this is why you look at other clubs around them who you know maybe making signings that, that that newcastle fans would want like you don't you know you don't need to, to to sign those mbappe's as you say immediately because you know if you make it in the summer make it out of the and chris chris wood will score goals for them chris wood will be that guy who if you're like brentford if you're villa as well Right, and you're playing against Newcastle. Chris Woods just gonna, you know, grab you, grab them a goal out of nowhere, and you're gonna think, you know, I wish our defenders were a bit more physical. But you can't match that kind of physicality, which is what you need in a relegation battle. So oh, I Newcastle agree, stay I agree, up,
3: I agree.
4: push on in the I summer. Agree.
3: That's it. Well, we should get together at the end of the season and see if Chris Woods has been the catalyst to keep Newcastle up. Because I am far from convinced. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, what, I'm saying, what I'm saying on that is that for Burnley for in recent years, he has been that catalyst. So I, I don't see why, if especially considering they bought Trippier. Uh, and, they've, and, and they've got a left back as well, haven't they? A left they back. can defend. So no they're, they're,
2: they're trying to buy a left back, but I don't think it's going to happen so to far. So I imagine they've they
3: with... Apparently they've mm-hmm. agreed a deal for Goosens, the German guy from, from, uh, from Serie A. Yeah, that's um, yeah uh, I don't
2: know how... Well, to be yeah. honest, I mean, he's more of a wing back for them. So it depends... Mm-hmm.
4: When
2: as a left as back, back in it. Yeah, I was. Their system,
4: yeah,
2: yeah. the system is very different to what Newcastle play under any house. so it'll be interesting to see what they what, what they do anyway. But but, yeah. but
3: back to the, just the final point with the Bernie thing, they had they've got central defenders that can defend, and you can't mm. say the same about Newcastle. Oh, right. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is very, very true. I'm, I'm, we, we got West Ham and Leeds
0: uh, built up there, and I'm, I'm waiting <laughs> for West Ham to get panned. So Daniel, <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> please, Reality check, West Ham,
4: for me, please. Oh, there's nothing to reality check, man. They, 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 came, they came up there against Leeds United, and yeah, it was, it was a, it was a match where they scored two goals. Sometimes Leeds United, they bring that, they bring that fire, they bring that, that hashtag vibes, and uh, <laughs> you know, they, they can do. Do you, do you know what I mean? So, uh, look, West Ham, West Ham don't need to worry. You know, I guess I guess yeah, conceding three goals isn't isn't a great thing. But you know, it's it's not exactly inconsistency from a is it? You know, they, they 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 won the last three games. They'll they'll keep on, um, they'll they'll keep on doing enough. I, I don't know whether they're going to finish fourth because, it, they could do. I don't know. They they, they had a, they had a good push last year. The the only thing that they have or they lack, um, is that experience. Uh, of, of 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 trying to get there, I guess you know it always seems that when there's a team knocking there, they just kind of falter at the last minute because Man United have been there before, because Tottenham Hotspur have been there before. But if Moyes can keep them playing as they're playing now, you know that and 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 keep Rice fit, obviously, you know he's 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 a gargantuan for them. He'll, he'll he'll keep on, you know, leading that midfield, which I think is exceptional. Um, and Antonio can keep on playing well, then then West Ham will will, will finish the season off strong. But yeah, look. Three two to leads. It is what it is. Um, Jack Harrison had played a blinder, and um, sometimes you're going to lose those games, but that's fine.
0: There's a continuing thread throughout this episode, and it's and and what I'm hearing from it is disrespecting Arsenal because you didn't Listen. mention Arsenal back then when when you were talking Listen. about top four. Arsenal, Tottenham have done it. Man United have done it.
1: Arsenal have done it as
0: well. Where, where's, where's this disrespect coming from?
1: Listen, stop being so easy to to nibble <laughs> so much. It's just it's so easy to get yeah. And also, as, as a as a long term new resident, as you have been, you should know that West Ham are having a fantastic time. <laughs> like, it's, <never laughs> been so, it's literally never been so good in the Premier League era. In the Premier League era. Was, yeah, they finished was... fifth a few seasons ago, West Ham. Oh, part, uh, wait, it wasn't. Was it but part of the. But, like, when they finished fifth, oh bro, how are they doing in Europe? They were the knockout stage of a European competition.
2: He don't care, you know?
1: They're having <laughs> a- <laughs> <laughs> don't care. Keep, keep them irons to yourselves. <laughs> keep them on the uh, board. Um, Iron in the shreds, uh, That's a- I don't <laughs> care about those bubbles. Those
0: bubbles are <laughs> <really, they're> living <laughs> really, exactly. their best
3: lives right now. They're living they're their living, best lives down there. If they finish in the European League they're up, again... They
0: they're they're live away from me, in it. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear this nonsense, well, especially when they go back to the relegation battle in a few seasons. But it is wow. what it is. The wow. Salt is ridiculous. Salt, man. Salt bay. That's what. <laughs> um. But yeah, I think we should wrap it up. There. It's been an excellent podcast. I hold on, say. hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Remember, hold we, on. we were
2: talking about Duncan Ferguson and then there So you know, should we just? Oh, you want to talk about him. Wollaston Park and
0: um, this guy getting fired. Oh, Rafa up Oh god, I didn't realize you. you you should have you should have showed me the notes beforehand. See, very unprofessional, Michael. I you've apologize. Been a, you've man, been man. a talk sport and you don't know about professionalism. What's going
2: on? Oh, you know, I mean, we're doing professional talk sport, and then we're told that they should get the band together. They should get um, oh, Duncan yeah. Ferguson at the helm. Bring back Wayne Rooney. Yeah. Bring Tim Cahill out of the out of nowhere. Also bring back Thomas Graveson because hey, I guess everyone's coming back. Call up um, South Africa and get Stephen Peanut back into Merseyside as well. Um, but. Yeah, I want to ask, actually, because I want to ask Steve. Your agent, obviously, has done a wonderful <laughs> job at um, Wooderson Park. I'm calling it Wooderson. You asked me to call it Wooderson, I'm calling it Wooderson. Well, it's made of wood. Why not? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, on a serious note, did you, when you, he when you went there, how did you think that was going to go out? Did you think it was just going to be how it's turned out? Or do you think maybe he could galvanise them a little bit?
3: He would have had to win the Oxford boat race. He would have had to do million pound on... Uh, what you call some of the quiz shows on tv purely because he was never gonna win never ever gonna win over the Everton faithful it was mm. always always doomed um it's quite funny really he's the only man I know that can go to Everton and increase his legendary status at Liverpool at the same time um he's he's actually absolutely ruined them he sold their best player to Aston Villa and Aston Villa are made up with Dinya Lucas Dinya um he signed a guy who's played like 12 minutes for Rangers for like twenty million quid, which is insane. Um Patterson. but the problem problem is they're looking at Roberto Martinez as a replacement that is absolutely nuts. Um they're a strange, strange bunch there. They really, you know, they've got all the money, they've got loads of money, they've got, they've got all these ideas. It's like Kojo says, but they just got I mean, let me let me give you two polar opposites that, that Really show you Rafa Benitez and Everton. Rafa Benitez got Damari Gray for 1.7 million this season. Damari Gray's been a performer. His predecessor, sorry, Cahill, paid 45 million pounds to Arsenal for Alex Iwobi. No, no, I'm not knocking Arsenal, but, but you guys were laughing all the way to the bank with that one, mate. I'm, I'm still there. there's, there's 43 million pounds difference between those two players. And if you ever wanted one thing that polarises Everton Football Club, it is their recruitment. And that's the best example I can give you.
4: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like, it seems like sometimes there's, whoever's in charge of the transfers at Everton is kind of like looking at Wikipedia, looking at football manager's stats and just kind of like picking out players. Like Anwar Ogazi, for example, you know, moving Dean over to Villa. Mm and well Gazi's barely played for Villa all season what, what how is that going to improve everton like they saw that he scored 10 goals in the in the premier league last season and and said yeah we'll we'll have him it's just it's just a weird one for me and and every time they've made a big signing every time they've put in loads of money to a guy i've thought you know what fine you know everton they're going to push on they've got ambition they should be an ambitious club because they are a, they are a great club but uh you know, it almost seems like they're just being thrown in there, and, and there's no real strategy. And I agree, no, no to Martinez either, because Martinez was there before. He never really, he never really pushed them further than they should have been, and uh he hasn't done the job that he should have done with with uh, with, with Belgium either. The the fact he hasn't won a tournament with them is criminal. What I will say do... this.
3: Sorry, sorry, Steve. Sorry, I was going to say what they need to do. It's not so far fetched to bring Wayne Rooney in because they're in a very difficult position at the moment, and no manager they recruit from another team is going to give the fans what they want. So if you had a, you had a management team of Rooney and Ferguson, the fans will wait for those guys to get it right. Well, so I, what they... I was going to say is actually to the contrary of what
1: you were going to say. I was going to say when teams are going through this period where they feel like they've lost their identity and self sense of self, they hark back to previous eras. And sometimes you need an experienced head to deal Mm. with the situations. Just Mm. the thing here was Everton picked the worst Mm. person available. Of course, that was never going to work. I don't know what Mishimi was thinking, even considering Benitez. Because that shows a lack of understanding of the club he's bought, quite frankly. Rooney is doing a fantastic job in Derby, arguably the hardest job in the 92 clubs available to manage. But the thing is, Everton's footballing problems range so far that they need an experienced head to clear them out and start again. It is not the job for Rudy now. And the thing is, Rudy will get that job eventually if he carries on this trajectory. He could wait a couple of years when they're a little bit easier it's a little bit easier, and there's a little
3: bit more clarity in their thinking, and then going for it. He doesn't need it now. Devil's advocate to that. They're in, they're in, they're the, the lowest ebb at the moment. If you talk to Everton fans, it can't get any worse. So, so he's in a no lose. Same as Gerard was when he went to Rangers for me. He's in a no lose situation because Everton is is so far off kilter, so far away from where they want to be. It won't take much to make improvements, and then the first thing you need to do. They've got a, listen, I'm a Liverpool fan, but I remember going to Wembley with Everton fans and and it was a City thing in 86 and 89. They've got such a loyal fan base that the the second Wayne Rooney pulls on the manager's cap for Everton, they will buy into him in the same way that Aston Villa bought into Steven Gerrard because you can see a seasoned-born winner. It might not work, but what have they got? Where they are now... Mourinho or someone like that would be a disaster for them. So where's where's the experience come from? They have nothing to lose by trying something different. Ancelotti and Benitez haven't worked, have
1: they? it so. didn't work because Ancelotti was always looking over his shoulder because he knew Real Madrid were going to come calling again.
3: If we're, if we're going to be frank, that was always the case of Ancelotti. Yeah, I always doubted he'd get them, get them where they wanted to be anyway. Pure, purely because... It's probably a stopgap stop for him, keeping him busy yeah. while the big jobs came. You're quite right. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I just... As a United fan, I want to see
1: Wayne really do really well. And I think he is on the verge of doing something incredible at Derby. Something that he could put on his CV and then go, right, who wants the afterwards? And there will be people queuing. Right now, Everton seems like a poison chalice. And he doesn't need to drink the poison because they will come calling. And he will go there if he wants to in a couple of years' time. He doesn't need it now. Everton needs Rooney more than Rooney needs Everton right now. That's how I feel.
2: I was going to say, I think it will be more risk for Wayne Rooney than Everton, to be honest, because he's he's calm right now. Look, the the Derby job, even if he doesn't save them, the fact that he's got them this close already to being um, safe is a fantastic job in itself. But Everton's been a person chalice for years. This is not just new. This is they I called Network May Gucci Everton, so I guess they're TK Max Man
1: United.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that like you know, is you know, this is, that club is another one that I just I, I don't have the answers for.
0: I, I had a, I just like to say before you continue, T K Max or, or they're okay. They're, they're, they're oh no, TK but they're not Gucci, you
2: know
0: what I'm saying? Right? Like but um no other like, are available. I was, I sure Prim- thank you. I was sure Primark
2: peacocks, <laughs> peacocks. Um, you know, yeah, no, I think, I think Everton's just a a, a big ass job, and quite frankly, as funny as it, um, me and Kilo found it when um, people were saying Duncan Ferguson. I think that's the only option they have left yeah. for the rest of the season. Agreed. Yeah. That's Nobody
3: the only wants option. it. Nobody wants it. Not exactly. Like, why,
2: why would you want to go there? I personally don't understand it. I, I don't even understand why people would want to go Main night, but it's the fact that. You can just manage a huge club. But after that, it's, well, when you get there, it's, it's trouble. So why would you want to go to Everton and have trouble with well, players that... If, if nah, nah,
3: if, if I think... The only way I could see it is if you're Wayne, really, you look at it and you think, you've got the England goalkeeper, you've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin, you've got Decore, you've got Allen, you've got Damari Gray, you've got Andros Townsend, who is a good footballer. Um, they're that. not... The core of the squad is not that far away from being able to compete. It doesn't take massive quantum leaps to get the problem. with Everton this season is the atmosphere has been toxic because of the manager. And the moment the fans are not with you, you just fall apart. Mm-hmm.
4: I I think they need. I think as you guys have been talking about someone like a someone like a Duncan Ferguson or a Rooney's a difficult one because does he want to risk? Um, does he want to risk upsetting everybody? I know that sounds silly but like you know if you know, if if it, if, it, if it wasn't that situation if it was any other situation he could jump at the Everton job and i think for me you know again i think it's i think there's no lose for him um but i, th- I think what he's doing at derby there's, there's 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 a lot of emotion there which i can't yeah. see him kind of dipping from basically yeah. um yeah. no no one blames him if he does but the thing, the thing the thing with everton is that they they do have that squad they do have that infrastructure they are a top premier league club they've never been relegated like it is a, it is an attractive job for the right person, the problem with Benitez is he didn't have to do well at Everton. Like, where's where's the motivation? You know, Benitez, you know, he's he come into the, to the Everton job. He's not done that well. Okay, that's fine. He's already got an you know an established managerial career behind him. They need someone who's going to go in there and look at those players and go, you know, you've got to work hard. You've got to you've got to buy into this philosophy. They've got to have some sort of a philosophy. Someone like a Steven Gerrard at Villa, like that's that that's what you need. You know, you need you need someone who's going to stay there, someone who's willing to stay there. Um, you know, a young English manager or something. I don't know, but there's it's, to, to say that Everton are an unattractive job. To say that no one would want to go there, I think
2: it's you know, I think I think I think there's still a lot of time you could get there. I guess for me, the reason why I say that is because, like, okay, for example, you you're talking about the infrastructure. They're trying to build a new stadium now, aren't they? So. Mm-hmm. You know, that's even an attractive thing as well. new stadium comes, new training facilities. Hopefully you upgrade the youth facilities and then you try and progress as a club. But then are you moving into a new stadium to build up more capacity for more money coming in? Or are you using it as a catapult to say, okay, we've got a new stadium now. Now we need to think about how we're going to structure it because the next manager or next two managers, whoever comes in and gets fired next and whatever, there has to be a project that they need to believe in. I mean, Steve mentioned it earlier. Every club that's doing well right now, there's a project that when a player comes in, they hear it, they like it, and that's when they go to these teams, that they succeed it's because they believe and they buy into the project. Darren said the same thing. If you get the project right, you bring a manager and say, I'm giving you a amount of time, you are in charge of transfers, or if you want to bring in the director of football, see his track record, see if it works. There just needs to be a plan in place. And this is why I say that for me it's unattractive because Everton just seem like a club that have no plan whatsoever. And it's been like this for about seven, eight years now. In fact, since David Moyes left, essentially. So, I don't know. Uh, me personally, I don't know who would want to go there, but they are a Premier League side. They are in a decent part of the country. And if they're trying to build a new stadium, maybe it's not the worst move. But for me, it's not attractive. And the fact that I'm questioning if Wayne Rooney would want to be Derby and where they are right now to come to a Premier League team in Everton, for me, just makes me feel like they're not
3: this is boyhood no. Club, isn't it? I know he's got the affiliation with Man United, is. but he's not getting yeah. the Man United job anytime soon. So yeah. so so you know it could be history could repeat itself. He it could go to Everton, do a reasonably good job at Everton, turn it round, and then and then in the future, who knows? It's just, I I don't want to underplay
1: what Wayne Rudy is on the verge of doing at the moment. He is on the verge of doing something that I have never seen. 21 point deduction, the cover administration. He was saying how he has no control of the players that leave, so he has two set of backs leave this January. Big Jagiel was one of them, he was starting. Yeah. He's basically playing, he's playing Tom Lawrence up front, who's a midfielder. He's having to change the team constantly, hand out constant new to, new to new young players at Derby, and it's, it's on the verge of genuinely being a fantastic, fantastic domestic achievement,
3: and for somebody who's only just really started doing it. Is there not a case mm-hmm. to say what he's doing at the moment, though, is capitalising on the situation and using adversity to get more out of players than ordinarily you would, and over a course of the next 20 games, is that sustainable? Because if he suddenly lost five in a row... All the euphoria around what Wayne Rooney goes disappears because they go back down to the bottom of the table.
1: The thing is, nobody expects Derby to survive. And nobody should because that's insane. The fact that people are talking about it is enough. The fact that we're having this conversation and saying, oh, they might make it, is enough to show people that maybe there is more to it. And I don't want Wayne Rooney to look back and think, I could have made history in my first year as a manager and I turned it down to join a basket case of a club. May it be my boyhood club. May it be my boyhood club. But I just feel like he, he could, say, get Derby out of relegation, call it quits, resign, take a year off, let his stock rise. And he could have his pick pickup jobs in the higher echelons of the championship and in the lower table of the Premier League. This is this is where he could be going. I, I don't want to see him throw that away.
3: Interesting.
0: Don't want to see him throw that away. Listen, that's a nice uh, statement. Too, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was quite positive. Well, well, well done, Darren. Top, top, top But. <laughs> We must end it there. We thank you guys for watching, listening. Thank you guys for joining us. But we'll need to get uh, where they can find you. So, Steve, where can they find you?
3: Um, on my social, wrong one, there. there. And um, last six weeks, I've been contributing to Red Men TV, which is a massive Liverpool channel. Hopefully that continues. So, um, that's kind of where I've been focusing my efforts, that and that alone, really, and then the you old know, pod like this one. Again, pleasure to come on. Nice to, to sit talk to you. Nice to meet you, Dan. Um and you know, give these give all of these guys a follow, give this channel a follow because uh, good content from great guys. Dan, where can I find you?
4: Yeah, nice to meet you as well, uh, Steve. Um no, obviously always a massive pleasure to be on here. Um I'm on Twitter at Raza Journal, so Raza, as you can see over here, or you can just search for Daniel Raza on Twitter, you'll see more of what I do, uh, do a little bit of Villa podcasting here, here and there as well, um, but you can find me on Match Days for sure. But yeah, great great to be on with you guys, again, I really, really enjoyed it today, really kind of uh, dug into what, uh, what's what been going on in the Premier League, mm. so there's a lot of stories this week, it's been a bit of a mad one, I think this season's going to keep on going crazy, so uh, I'm 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 down if Villa break top four at the end of the season for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> most definitely, most definitely. Koja, where can they find us?
2: Um, before that, before that, uh, you can find both their links in the bio to their Twitters and to Redman and Hotcast podcast as well. Um, find us here on YouTube Me Midfield podcast on the audios, um, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts Me um, Field, and in terms of Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and
0: Twitch. Three midfield as well. This has been another episode of the match report. Good night. And I need to find the video. Bloody hell. <laughs>